top shelf fantasy. All right, next segment, boys. Yeah. Early Heck season yeah. surprises. I know we talked about a few of these guys before, but uh, we'll get more into it. First one, Jamal Williams, even before Swift was hurt. He's RB3 now when Swift was still playing our, uh, week two. After week two, I think he was RB seven. six or seven. Yeah. Uh, All the R- numbers I have in here are half PPR, by the way. I mean, as as we kind of standardly do. But... Me in the middle, yeah. Uh, RB3, that's insane. Nobody saw that coming. Even if you said, you know, Jamal dude, Williams has I standalone did. value. I, 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 I watch Hard Knocks, dude. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, like, even if you're sitting there as a guy that said Jamal Williams has standalone value, he can be a valuable asset. You were thinking he had RB2 upside, like low-end RB2 upside. Now he is a top-tier, top-three running back in the league. Good for him. Hell of a year so far. Detroit as a whole. I mean, you could yeah. put the entire Detroit Lions mm-hmm. team on here as, as, as an upside. I mean, upside. It, yeah. Just, yeah. Um, you know, with Jamal Williams, so I, I mentioned this to somebody, like he was averaging 13.7 touches a game or something like that in 2021. So even with Swift on the field, he was getting the ball, right? And he was a perfect candidate for if you went zero RB, he's a guy that you want on your team, right? Because he's got a role on that offense no matter where it is, and he's tearing it up. I I love this kid coming out of BYU. Did not expect this. Um, but, yeah, it looks like the change of scenery from Green Bay has done him, done him well. What was his ADP, just out of curiosity? I mean, obviously, Swift like is going 50s. first round. Yeah, like, it's amazing. I mean, even looking at his snap share. There might the have been first... a few leagues he was undrafted in. Because in a league that me and Tom have, he was drafted, dropped. I didn't even know, know he was dropped. <laughs> I did Tom pick him up for zero bucks. I'm like, what the fuck? Picked him up the next I'm like, day. I can't believe someone dropped him. I, I missed that. Um, I don't I mean, know. He, was, he was sitting out there two weeks ago in my other league. I tra- I just traded him for Debo Samuel straight up. Beautiful. Wow. <laughs> That's yeah, I mean, great. he's only getting. I mean, the first two weeks he was in between thirty and forty percent snap share. So, I mean, he's he wasn't necessarily on the field. Like to Tom's point about you got to go on back. With ADP me. was RB forty nine pick undrafted one sixty seven overall in a, in a full point PPR right. That was because I see an RB half. He was fifty seven. Yes, full. Full PPR, yeah. Sorry, I didn't catch that on Fantasy Bros. Yeah. I was trying to rush Tom. No, but it's all right. It's all right. Uh, I, uh, yeah. I'll just, yeah, I'll, just like... you know, I'll just take off. <laughs> I'll see you myself. Got that, got that, got that. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, so he's got six touchdowns already on the season. Isn't he one of the league leaders in touchdowns? Like, uh, he's got to be the league. Well, at least for RBs, he has to lead the league in touchdowns. Like, who would have predicted that? Oh, that's, that's just because CH, we'll get to that. He, he's... Not even there yet. He's been getting points just because of touchdowns. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Now Jamal Williams has been killing it. Um, that, I mean, so the next surprise here is Saquon and CMC not missing any games, um, which we could probably even go one further and say uh, that they're performing at a high level, right? I mean, yeah, Saquon's RB2 behind Chubb, I think. I think he's RB. I think he's RB one. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if that's true. But uh, he's RB uh, two. Yeah, he's RB two. Saquon's RB one PPR, RB two half. All right, so that's what I was looking for. Yep. But I mean, and, and amazingly, like just on the topic we were just talking about, I don't want to dip back into it. But he's he's played three home games in MetLife. So I mean, 
it's all good news uh, that his knees held up thus far, and he definitely looks for now. Good. For now, so don't put that juju out there, Scotty. I don't want to. I fucking love the guy. Don't don't you don't you do that? Don't I think see it. I think don't you, I think CMC is a bigger uh, surprise than Saquon, right? I think a lot of people's hesitancies with Saquon weren't necessarily the injury risk. It was, is he even going to be good, right? Like, because we haven't seen Saquon be I mean, this Saquon. He played 13, year. 14 games last year, and he was nothing. At least CMC, when he played, he played great, but he played three or four. Right. But I think they're both like, I mean, CMC was probably drafted top three or four. He's RB6 on the year. Great. He's played every game, though. Barkley is, is probably RB13 to 15 ADP and RB2 oh, yeah. now. Fantastic. 100%. Yeah. Well, CMC has already been a little bit banged up. I mean, he's been on the injury report every like, single Wednesday. <laughs> and CMC owners like bristle at that. And uh, there was a question if he was even going to play this last weekend, but he did and, and put in a pretty good performance. But uh, I mean, what's your guys take on, do they just lean on Saquon in London against the Packers? I mean, Packers have a stout defense, but the Patriots ran pretty well against them. With yeah, pretty good against them. No quarterback. The Packers have not defended the run well. I mean, we saw Chicago and David Montgomery early in the season run all over them. We saw the Pats do it this past weekend with no passing game to to try to kind of, uh, you know, not let them stack the box. And I think, again, we do, we see more of the same. I think Saquon, heavy usage in London, I think that's that's definitely the recipe for success. And all those wide receivers, I think, are still questionable, or if I'm not mistaken, right? Like Wandale Robinson. They're uh, limited Davis. once again. Kadarius Tony. Everyone's still limited. Yeah. It just, know, it's just it's a cluster. And Danny Jones guys. is nicked up too. That's right. <laughs> oh yeah, they don't even know who their starting QB may be. So. Oh, so it's Tyra Taylor. Practice. He did practice limited today, but I heard uh, Tyra Taylor's calling oh, in the medical professional that, to treat no, his no, injuries. But so. that's what it was. Wasn't Tyra Taylor's a concussion? And right away, like, oh, get the fuck out of the field because I, I'm, I'm not going to get fined for a backup QB. Nope. And then Saquon came in to play QB. Did they take him off the field so they could just stick his lung again, or what? Was <laughs> he, 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 God, uh, my ankle's killing me. He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Take, shut this in your lung. Did he win that lawsuit? I'm sure it's a long lawsuit, but he filed that. Oh, couple yeah, weeks ago. That yeah, that won't get resolved for probably like years. We'll never know. Medical malpractice. Either. See a friggin' yeah. See you in um, outside settlement. Yeah. Everybody signs NDAs. Mm-hmm. All right, moving on. All right, Scott. This is yeah. This is your. All right, I'll take Ceh RB four. He's going to stay there the entire year. Buy him. No, it, it, it's been a great. I mean, Scotty's trying to sell him. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, I mean, if you read like any um, buy low, sell high article from week one to now, CH is, is the biggest sell high every single week. And after even this week, it's all right, sell him high. The only thing with that is everyone in the league, everyone of us is in, they know he's not going to be RB4. He's like, they know they're not trading for an RB1 in fantasy. My thing is, I, I would just stay put with CH. You got him as your RB3 or even flex, have the time, maybe bench. And if you can put up these n- numbers or 10 to 15 points a week, any given week, as a flex play, that's fantastic. Like, he's had a strong start. So even he, he like, he'd, he'll fall likely. He'll still probably finish RB15, 16 at the worst if he plays every game. But this, this was a shocker to me. I, w- I was hoping to get eight, eight, eight to 10 points from the guy. Any given week, and he's been, I mean, he's been getting touchdowns. He's been, he got on the field a lot more last week against the Bucs, which looked very good, a very tough defense. But 
again, any running back getting even some carries with Patrick Mahomes, I want. Yeah, but and, yeah, and, it, 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 if you can someone's RB one, go ahead. I don't think you can. Everyone knows what exactly what it is. So, so it's funny to hear you have this take. Um, to be completely honest, I think that the Chiefs have used Ceh fantastically, and I think Ceh has looked fine on the field, which is not something I expected a hundred percent. Right? Like, I don't think anybody sat there and said Ceh is going to push the top ten. I do think there's a world where CEH finishes in the top 10. I mean, they're using him perfectly, right? I would like, love it. People are going to sell, you know, they're going to, you know, minimalize what he's done because his snap share is not high and he doesn't have a ton of touches and Jared McKinnon's on the field. And he, who gives a Pacheco's shit? goes on the field, who, yeah. Who cares? Who cares how many, how many snaps this guy's on the field for? Because I don't. When he's on yeah. the snaps or when he's on the field, He's getting quality touches and he's getting the touches in the red zone. And that's really all that should matter when it comes to running. Look at every, I mean, we talked about this with Derek last week, right? Look at every single team across the league. They don't have one running back. They have multiple different running backs. It's how they use them. That's important. And Kansas city is using CEH in the most valuable fantasy position that you could want a running back in. That's why I, I honestly, there's a point where your sell high is you, you can't sell. You have to keep. You have to hold and play. And I, I think we've entered that with CEH. I mean, yep. they were up huge in that game against Tampa Bay. So, I mean, those, well, yeah, he was on the field more. Well, yeah, because they were running the ball more. You know what I mean? But you look at weeks one through three, CEH is in the best position for him fantasy-wise. No, and nobody saw it. So, like, I wouldn't try and sell him. I guess it's, like, it's I think so it's very hard to it's so hard to sell the focal point one of the main focal points outside of Travis Kelsey in the KC offense he's on the field in the red zone he's making plays in dynamic usage and he's kind of waltzing in on a lot of these scores like open lane trickery whatever misdirection and he's scoring easily so why move a guy that's scoring this amount, these amount of points in what we know to be a high-powered, efficient offense. I just wouldn't. It doesn't make sense to me. The receivers aren't doing it, so he does it. Fantastic. Andy Reid's figured it out. I don't have Tyreek Hill, but I got this guy who can do a ton of really inventive shit. Yeah, and like thing. what? what? Like Tyreek Hill trade opened him up, right? That's what's and so like Tom. I guess back to your point. My question would be, you know, he just popped off for all intents and purposes with like close to 23 fantasy points against a stout Tampa Bay defense, stout defense overall. They've got a tough slate coming up in the next four or five weeks against Buffalo's defense and San Francisco's defense in San Francisco. I mean, you know, between Tom and Scotty, do you, do you spot start him when convenient or you just keep rolling him out uh, as an RB1 and RB2? If he's an RB3, I think to Scotty's point, you put him in there because – you know, he's he's shown that he deserves it. But my question would be as this season rolls on, and then you got to play Denver twice. They have a pretty solid defense such thus far. Is he gonna retain that top 10 value? I don't I don't think so, Tom, but I have been amazed and he deserves all the credit for being where he is right now. You start him until he tells you not shows you not to. Um but again, like even if he gets nine to eight points in those games, like cool, he'll get me 20 points in the games that are easy but again he did it against the bucks he's doing it with patrick mahomes it's a little different scenario with like all right they're so good against the run but look at ch is like all right it's, he's really not getting the points because of the run 
Like he did it last week. Sure, they were up, but Denver's going to have to focus on Mahomes. Like they have to focus on the play action, which he will do all the time. If they focus on that and a runs to CH, CH is going to get six to eight eight yards because of that. Like it's a different animal when it comes to a Chiefs offense because the defense has to play that offense different than anyone else in the entire NFL. Do you feel that same way about Dobbins too then with like a comparable, like a Lamar who's super mobile quarterback, but runs a lot of stuff off play action to like Mark Andrews. I mean, do you feel that same way about Dobbins that there doesn't matter if they play a tough run defense, they're going to succeed. I don't because they run the ball in a much different uh, style. I was going to say just now, like KC, some of those pass plays are really run plays with those little shovels ahead in the sweeps and whatnot the passes are part of their run game those little touch passes and whatnot baltimore doesn't really run that type of a run scheme they're more power run down your throat double teams uh, i don't know dude dobbins is attack. first receiving they did have they had that shovel pass you just told yes. me they don't do i that. was gonna say <laughs> i was gonna say they have that they had that one this week but i'm not banking on them running that consistently yeah, I mean, and in CEH, you know, going back to CEH, one of the greatest things that happened to him was Juju Smith-Schuster, one of the best run-blocking wide receivers in the entire NFL. Oh, yeah, baby. How did, I know Tom would, how did I know Tom would get Juju into this conversation? <laughs> Dude, I mean, it's true, right? Like, he's a yeah. great – sucks for fantasy. Sucks for fantasy. Fantastic. Ever since he lit up so perfect, CH you just... can't even argue. His blocking is fantastic. It, it, it's It's up there. Uh, I'd rather watch um, Pickens, but yeah, we'll see. Well, Pickens is Pickens. He's laying people out. Um, uh, yeah, Miles Sanders being RB8. I'm, so what's surprising about this, I guess, is I'm not surprised that this is the Miles Sanders we're getting, but like I am, Miles Sanders' ability to do this has always been there, right? His ability to be the back that we see right now has always been in Miles Sanders. The question has always been, does Kenneth Gainwell get involved? Does Jalen Hurts, you know, vulture the touchdowns? And while I still think Jalen Hurts is still going to be a TD vulture, I think Miles Sanders being able to show the world that he can score touchdowns and it doesn't have to be Hurts and that Philadelphia offense can run the ball the way that, you know, they they want to in a more traditional way is so dangerous for the NFL. Because once you think they can do it with Miles Sanders, they're going to torch you with Hurts. And once you try and defend Hurts, they're going to torch you with Sanders. Like, the ability's there. This is another guy that I would not look at and be like, sell high. He's an R- he's RB8 now. The R- the running back landscape's dog shit. He's going to finish as a, as a top, you know, 12 running back. I, I'm not – I'm surprised, but I'm not surprised. That That's makes. actually a good point that I hadn't really thought much of. The running back landscape is not great. So any of these guys that you're thinking of a sell high, you got to replace them with somebody. Like unless you're holding five of them, <laughs> just, just hold off. I mean, like, yeah. It, if you own Jamal Ciation Sanders, sure, yeah, you trade yeah. one of them for maybe, maybe or or the next guy. Or but yeah, right. I mean, I was a big Gamewell guy. He's a sleeper of mine this year. He has two two touchdowns on the year, but those two touchdowns came from inside the ten of the five, which we've seen before. Sanders is on the field more. He is a way better runner. What we saw r- r- rookie year, it's back. Like he's a good runner of the football, and they should yeah, give him the ball fifteen plus times a game. 
Yeah, I concur with everything you guys said. Interesting, like looking forward and probably more from a dynasty perspective, do you think Philly re-signs him? Because I don't think he's been extended thus far, right? And he's in a contract year much like... He won't uh, be extended. He's a second or a third round pick. Yeah. So there's no option. But no, yeah, so not the option. I'm sorry. So they can extend. No, no, they can extend. Right? Yeah. Or do they roll with Gainwell? I mean, they've been working Gainwell in. Obviously, Sanders at RB8 has been getting the the bulk of the touches and and performing very well. But Gainwell's also got a couple touchdowns to his name. Uh, decent average on the ground, around four yards per carry. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what they do moving forward. Um, I just don't think Gainwell's a every down back like Sanders. Like if they're not going to resign Sanders, they're going out in the draft which is a pretty good draft next year and they'll draft a guy and keep Gamble as the pass catching guy. Yeah. It's funny from a fantasy perspective too, right? I think Tom, you guys talked about it on a, on a, a previous podcast, but like Sanders came out and did interviews and was like, don't draft me in fantasy. I, I'm not here for fantasy <laughs> stuff. And, and historically I haven't performed well from a fantasy perspective. Like I'm here for the team. Um, so I know that myself personally, I've been a Sanders owner in previous years and I stayed away from him and uh, just kicking myself at this point, but yeah, that's how there, it goes. There was a lot of ambiguity going into the season. So I can get like why people, you know, are, are down on him. I just, I honestly have always thought he was a, a high talented uh, running back. I love to see it. I don't think Gainwell's that guy. Um, he's just going to be a change of pace for Miles Sanders. And then if Miles Sanders gets hurt, I mean, we'll see what happens, but like it happened last year and Gainwell couldn't do it. Right? Can do it so, now. Yeah, we'll yeah. see. Still sign Jordan Howard's man. The tricky thing is they <laughs> only have uh, ten million in cap space next year. So yeah, to yeah, resign yeah. Miles Sanders is going to eat a good chunk of that. I don't know that they'll do it because they got a lot of defensive talent that's going to be due up for contracts too. Yeah, I mean, if we if we talk long term with Miles Sanders real quick, if the Philadelphia Eagles win the Super Bowl, which is very high probability of happening, Miles Sanders is not going to command a ton of money on the open market. And if Philly wins a Super Bowl with this guy, they might as well keep him, right? So I think, I like, if you can buy him in Dynasty, I will, right? Yeah. I, like, I just, I don't know. I mean, yeah, I guess the contract situation is a little, like, whatever. Salary cap's fake, too, so it doesn't matter. If, yeah, you get, yeah, well, that's true. That's true. Too. You can get him at six a year with, like, five of those fake years tacked on the end. Like, cool. I mean, Miami, yeah. Miami, yeah. Miami will pick him up or trade for him or whatever and then just shove him. Oh, you don't want him to go to Miami. <laughs> so it's just, yeah. Yeah. Miami, Miami's going to be fine so far up its ass. It's not going to be able to sign yeah. anybody for a while. <laughs> um, to, or suit. Uh, yeah. James Robinson fending off ETN as RB12. This is an interesting one because I think a lot of people drafted ETN high. Um, and uh, he was a buy Yeah, he was a buy low of mine. Last week, he came out and kind of flopped. Um, but what you see in Travis Etienne is exactly what everybody thought about Etienne going into the season and coming into the NFL. He can fly. He's so fast. His agility is unbelievable. Like, probably one of the fastest players in the NFL with pads on right now. Um, that's probably not true, but whatever. You know what I mean? It's an exaggeration, but it's true. Um, I'm curious on where you guys are at with ETN and James Robinson, because I, I don't think James Robinson can continue this. And I think ETN's going to pop, but I've been proven wrong. And it's kind of a situation I just want to stay away from. Yeah. Um, Kyle, do you, do you want to take this? You're a owner of both in a few leagues and in the same league, you own both. 
Yeah, yeah. So in the TSF league, um, I, to, to Tom's point, took ETN, I think, as my third pick and third running back. Um, again, with kind of that uh, different strategy, not saying it's right. <clears throat> but yeah, I, I, I really don't know how to view this because I've watched those Jacksonville games being an owner of both. And to Tom's point, Robinson has looked good. He's looked polished. His vision of finding the holes and then just making one cut and going um, is something that I desire in, in every running back. Um, a lot of them dance behind the line and, and try to figure it out, even if they're even if they're uh, tenured running backs. But it, it's I think it's blown everyone away, the fantasy world away for the most part. I'm not as confident as you are, Tom, about ETN coming on late because and, and especially in a full point PPR, that's where I own him. Uh, actually, I think the TSF league is half point PPR, but um, he just he hasn't been getting a lot of the checkdowns and games that they are losing. And I guess we only have the Philly game as a frame of reference. And I guess if we're trying to make excuses too, that weather was abysmal. But I don't know. I, I just I don't know how this will shake out. And it worries me being an owner of both. But then on the backside, I guess I'm like, well, I got one as a handcuff. If one goes down, then the other skyrockets in value. Right now, Robinson, I'm rolling out as an RB2 every week. Um, but, yeah, I don't know how to view ETN. I've, I've kind of tried to figure out if I could trade him off. But then the flip side of me, contradictory to everything I said, is like, well, what if he does pop? I don't want to, <laughs> you know, I don't want to trade him away um, on the premise that Robinson's the guy and then have ETN uh, mature into that. So I, I really, I'm undecided. I have no idea how to view this. Uh, Dynasty, obviously, you, you got to have him stash him. I wouldn't be rolling ETN out um, week to week at this point until he proves that he can get, you know, double digits points. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's kind of my take. Where, where are you guys at with this? Moving him is always an option. Um, but for me, he, I view him the same as I view like an Alexander Madison. He's just a top tier handcuff right now. He may be on the field and he may be producing a little bit more than Madison. He's just not startable in most formats if you're trying to win. Uh, but he's a top tier handcuff. James Robinson has looked great. And I love the story. I love James Robinson, to be honest with you. As an ETN owner, you know, I kind of hold a grudge against him coming back. But he's still coming off of an Achilles injury. And we don't know the long term effects that that's going to have. We don't know when or if he breaks down. But if he does and he has a flare up or whatever it might be, you're holding ETN and ETN becomes the guy there. You're sitting pretty. And I think ETN has that. He is easily as good as James Robinson in a full time role. So well, I, I wouldn't. It was like, it, didn't he? He can kind of. This would be a totally different discussion if in weeks one and two, I think he had what three drop touchdowns or one was overthrown by Lawrence, one was dropped by ETN. If he gets those two, three touchdowns, this is a totally different story, totally different discussion. Um, I don't know if he's been punished or if Lawrence has lost a little bit of confidence in him, although I don't know how that could happen going back to their Clemson days. Yeah, um, it's too much time in together. Have. But yeah, I mean, it's a very, it's an interesting take because, you know, obviously there's drop touchdowns all the time and, and overthrows. But in this particular situation, if ETN grabs those two, three TDs, uh, you know, it's probably more of a 50 50 split conversation. Um, so yeah, it's an interesting scenario see how it evolves over the season yeah it, I, real quick there, there's like a very common misconception with etn too but he's he's not a pass catcher he never he never caught the ball in college like he came out of college 
And that was a weakness of his. He went into his senior year saying, yes, I focused heavily on being a pass catcher because he was never good at it. Right. Like ETN's the type of guy. And this, this is what I'm, I'm, I'm really surprised about those holes that Jane Robinson runs through where he gets 12 yards, ETN speed could go for 25. Like that's what I don't get is ETN should be the one that's running the ball more. Right. Because his speed, his speed is incredible. I just, I don't like, he's not a pass catcher. And they, I mean, it's encouraging to see him get targets and to get targets in the red zone and in, in the end zone and stuff like that. That's encouraging, but that's not where ETN's strength was in college. ETN's strength in college was one cut, find the hole, take it for 25 yards. I mean, ETN was fire. And, and I, I don't know what happened. I mean, the NFL, the NFL is tough. The NFL is tricky, right? I mean, you, plays that get made in college aren't getting made in, in the NFL. So it's – You also ask yourself, like, is there some lingering Liz Frank issue that they're still easing him in? They don't want to overload him too early. You never know. Like, there's always these yeah. Knicks that we just never even hear about. So I want to buy him in fantasy. Dodge trading to me. Yeah. I yeah, agree. Okay, give me uh, JT. They <laughs> both suck. <laughs> I do agree with all your points, but, like, James Robinson's guy, like, I didn't want to work out. It worked out year one, great. New coach year two, not tied to him. Still was great. Year three, okay, definitely not tied to him. ETN time. So, I yeah. mean, hats off to James Robinson. He's proved every, everyone wrong in the world every single year. Well, so, I mean, I mean, I'm myself. I, I only have a grudge against James because Robinson of ETN. because of Dickie. Oh, so, <laughs> no, oh because of Dickie. Yeah. Yes, you know, 100%. It's, it's the same thing with Terry McLaurin. Too. I, I want to like the guy a lot, but Dickie likes him too much. Yep. Yeah, I mean, as an aside, I don't, listeners don't really know, but like, I've just taken utter joy in his dynasty team crumbling with uh, <laughs> Trey Lance getting injured and, Tua. and uh, Tua going down and Swift being banged up. Like, it just brings me so much joy to see him oh, yeah. <laughs> after his wins. But I don't definitely don't wish any evil on any of those <laughs> fantasy players as uh, as human beings. But uh, for our purposes with Dickie, yeah, like let's keep it rolling like, oh, all day. <laughs> But anyway, right. you guys can make me an offer because the three of you run that team. Make me an offer for ETN and uh, TSF. Let's let's shake it up because uh, oh yeah, shit, I, I don't right. know what to do with both those guys. It's 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 a pain. I was rolling both of them out originally together, and it actually kind of worked out. Um, you know, two and two on the season thus far. Crashed last week with both of them, obviously. But um, anyway, kind of you know moving on to the next topic with Detroit. Whole chart comes back and. Uh, and gives Goff another valuable target there, though. But, yeah, I mean, uh, Goff sitting pretty at QB5. Who saw that coming? No one. You're like, there's not one guy. Jeff's totally be like, yeah, I told you. But Jeff would be like, yeah, it's QB like 18 tops. He's, he, yeah. he wouldn't say QB5. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like, I think coming into the year, I don't know where we had him ranked, but it, it was not top 12. <laughs> it was probably 28, 29, 30. Well, they were talking about they were talking about drafting uh, you know, like Malik Willis, I think, was on their radar. And, and God, every round we're like, all right, lines yeah. are up. They're taking Malik. So, taking Malik. I mean, good on Goff for showing up. And uh they just kind of what is David Blau the backup or whatever? They no, da- it's <laughs> content every fucking podcast. <laughs> Stuff all right, Dave Blau's dead. Um, go so go, go back to golf. The backups, I don't know, I don't care. It D- doesn't matter. Yeah, probably yeah. P. Jones. Yeah, good for golf. I mean, it, interesting because, <laughs> like, as we kind of said, I, I like most of the buzz was that, um, Dan Campbell, now that he's kind of gotten a year under his belt, he's gonna go find his franchise quarterback. 
Um, because I think Goff's got two years left, right? So um, but good for him balling out. I don't think it was expected, certainly not. Um, I am I am surprised, and I don't know if like yeah, we're in the surprise section, but like Amon Ra balling out like he has been, and now he's been injured, but when he's on the field. I mean, he's been that PPR monster and also getting touches out of the backfield. I'm really surprised at the value that he's retained. I guess there's still a lot to be seen when Jamison Williams comes off IR and starts to ramp back up and they have a full complement of pass catchers. But, I mean, what's your guys' take on Amon Ra's performance thus far being a baller? Amon Ra is that guy. No, 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 no. Don't answer. Don't answer. Miles Sanders for Amon Ra in Desperate Dynasty, Kyle. Yeah, but I don't I don't know that I need that though, because Amon Ra's a 22-year-old, right? Like and and Miles Yeah, but Miles Sanders is a running back, man. I got it. But this year also at one and three, you know, doesn't doesn't really matter for me. It matters, but you know, I, I'm trying to get those high draft picks and and hopefully hit on a couple couple of the yeah. 2023 running back classes. Uh, who may supplant a Miles Sanders, may supplant a Damian Harris. Uh, they'll probably all get taken by San Francisco because they draft like five running backs a year. Smart for them to do it. so, yeah. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> in, 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 I guess, Amonra, and I know Dow's is very high on him too. I think everybody kind of at TSF fell in love with them. Um, he, I mean, he, he's going to be one of the best wide receivers in the league. I mean, he's going to be what we wish DJ Moore is not, right? Like, that's how I view Amon Ra. He's going to be a top 10 pick next year. Like the dude's fire. DJ Shark, I think, is like excellent for Jared Goff. We'll see what happens with Jameson Williams. I'm not as high for him, I think, as a lot of people are. Um, but I, when he comes back, in the future. He's another, yeah, like, yeah, in the, like, in the future. Like not Shark's this year. on a one year deal, I think, because of the Jameson injury. Yeah. And who yeah. knows who, if, if, if we see him even this year, depending how good Detroit does. But I think the. Their plan was not to play him or use him his rookie year. Yeah, no, yeah, I mean they drafted. Yeah, exactly. Um, uh, and and I'll let somebody else talk real quick. But I, the one thing about Goff, like there are things about certain players, like the older they get, NFL wise, the more of a fan I become of them. Right, right. Like, Fitzpatrick. I hated Jared Goff. <laughs> at, at, yeah, right? like I wasn't a huge Ryan Fitzpatrick fan at the beginning. Alex of his Smith, career. probably. Yeah, I was like, and Alex Smith, no, yeah, it's perfect. It, Jared Goff, I'm like beginning to be like, dude, I fucking like you. You're like, that's because he, awesome he doesn't he doesn't care anymore. He's like, fuck it. Like I've been pushed aside. I, or, I was supposed to be benched or drafted. Like I was gonna fucking ball out. Let's go. But um, yeah, Dows, Amon Ra. Yeah, I love him on Raw. What about him? Cool. Okay. Marion, dude. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I was huge on him coming into the draft. I think everybody knows that if you listen to our draft podcasts and uh, everything from last year. I mean, I was like, something about this kid. He's small. He's kind of undersized. But he's scrappy as fuck. He goes and gets the ball. He fights for it. Plays a lot bigger than his size. Um, I didn't realize that his dad was a former uh, Mr. Olympia, which is pretty cool. And learned that until I watched Hard Knocks. Uh, but you can tell the kid has work ethic. He puts it in the gym and he's out there on the field, just blowing out. It sucks. He's hurt. Um, I think he bounces back quick and he'll be right back on contributing. Um, I also looked it up. Jared Goff, we had QB 26 to start the season. And he's in the contract till 2024 with the Lions. Okay. There is that. Yeah. And Amon Raz as the last kind of part of that too. He's got a younger brother, I believe at USC, right? It'd be interesting to see if he comes out. Wait, can there's a third brother there. Is yeah. There? He can replicate his, uh, his middle brother, because Equimanius, I believe, is the oldest, and he yeah, hasn't yeah. 
really been great as far as the statistics go, but he started, I think, week one with a touchdown. So that he did. Yeah. They both scored on the same day. Yeah. Justin Fields save five minutes. four passes a game. Yeah. So that's Dude. cool. So. His, his younger brother's name is Osiris. Yeah. That, I mean, that's the coolest name? family names ever. Equinemius, Amon Ra, and Osiris. All Egyptian stuff. Well, they must be Egyptian. You, you know they're going to sell e- jerseys e- and be good because e- of that. E-A-I-O-U. Well, maybe that's it, yeah. <laughs> F you. Yeah. All right. Uh, next one. Christian Kirk. Uh, wide receiver seven. Fan. I think we we dogged him. Like I think a lot of people dogged him when he got it's all just that money wheel. from the Jag. Everyone dogged <laughs> him, and, and it's not his fault. It's just because the contract he got was was so high, so fast. It was like day one. Yeah, like they must have saw something that we didn't see the couple of years with Arizona and Kyler didn't see, but it's working. Like he needs, I guess he needs to be that the one. Like D Hop was there with him. Like he has to be that one guy. And so far he's been. Freaking fantastic. Besides yeah, and, last week. And we saw flashes, like definitely had those games and those catches that he would take for, you know, an 80 yard touchdown. You're like, oh, that's what that guy can do. But it was just never consistent. Like he didn't put it on paper on a weekly basis. He was hard to start. You'd miss the hit week and then you'd start him and he'd miss for you and you get zero. And then I kind of figured we'd see more of that. I didn't think Trevor Lawrence was going to be able to connect with him. And here we are. He's crushing it. He's, if you drafted him, likely wherever you got him. He's helping you win win leagues. He was probably a flex play at best. He might have been a bench filler. Yeah, I, I remember going into the Red Dog Walker draft for Dynasty in the auction, and I drafted him. And I joked around saying, it was like, he's going to be a wide receiver one. Like, that's just what he's going to be, right? So it was there. My hesitancies with him was Trevor Lawrence, and I'm still hesitant about him. Um, I I just, I can't. I can't believe Trevor Lawrence is this good. Like, I just, I don't believe it. I don't, I don't, I don't believe it. And I like Christian Kirk. Um, I mean, his season outlook is a lot better now that, uh, you know, Zay Jones is hurt. Right. Um, but yeah. he should be back uh, this week. Yeah. Oh, should he? Yep. Yeah. Oh, I thought he, he was like, for a last, weeks. like a last second scratch. Um, I thought I heard multiple Before. weeks. So, well, that's my bad. But I mean, still, I think, I think, uh, oh, that sucks. I picked up Jamal Agnew in a couple of places. I, mean, <laughs> I, thought, I, thought, I thought it was a couple of weeks. I'm a fucking idiot. No, you spent a lot of money on Jamal Agnew in our dynasty league. And you I was did. like, I wonder what that's all about. Tom must know something that we don't do. It's a, it's a, t- it's a 10 person league with how, how many guys are there to actually pick up? And I spent $4 on him. Like, hey, dude, I almost put like, for the last three years, just basically donating money to all of you. And just picking up random players, hoping they'll hit as like a third or four RB. I don't know how many times I've picked up uh, Kine and Ngakwe or whatever. (laughs) And uh, so, you know, it could be worse. It could be worse. Yeah. But yeah, it's interesting. Like we talk about Christian Kirk uh, in his days in Arizona. I'm always interested, like, do you have to have players that are subtly or even not subtly different from one another as pass catchers? Because Arizona, for a one- or two-year stint there, had Kirk, had Hop as their number one guy, obviously, after the trade from the Texans, but then had Kirk and Rondale Moore and, like, Andy Isabella. And all those guys are just more – they're smaller. Um, I think Christian Kirk's, like, 5'10 or 5'11. Moore, obviously, under six foot. Andy Isabella's, like, 5'8. I saw that as an aside that he just signed with, like, Baltimore tonight. So that'll be cool, I guess. (laughs) Um, He can compete with. 
whoever uh Crochet. You know, yeah some yeah. of those other random guys but um I, i'm just wondering you know like you've got all these burners and that's all they can do then that does that diminish the value because because kirk now is kind of the wide receiver one because he's in very much like a burner um there for the jags and now rondell moore is like finally back and healthy and getting that within the arizona offense so maybe they just too much of the same type thing but it's kind of interesting to look at and i guess speaking of arizona uh we're gonna talk about hollywood brown so speaking of burners (laughs) speaking fast guys (laughs) yeah seriously i mean it's what they seem to like right like quick very fast guys um and kyler too right he's not a wide receiver but small fast like small hands running around out there small okay yeah but hollywood wide receiver eight on the year i liked him a lot going in the year he's in more than expected of course d hop being out is helping that a lot run more being out it's helping that a lot aj green being old is helping that a lot but i mean he's this is a team that's down a lot so hollywood is there is there one target i guess you can say dorch but dorch is kind of you know fading a bit yeah, and, and with the amount of uh, volume Hollywood's seeing, I really am I'm starting to think that D-Hop comes back and A.J. Green just sits, and Hollywood plays almost the same role. Or he's, he's seven, cut. Ten, <laughs> yeah, no point. exactly. He's just gone. And, and Hollywood continues to see these seven-plus targets a game. Some of these ones he's at 10. I think he had a 17-target game. Like, if you see 17 targets, there's nobody else on the team that's seeing any significant number, right? You're correct. So. <laughs> 17 targets be three. That's Cooper Cup, and that's it. Yeah, Step exactly. And, and, and I mean, it, when you look at even on the same team, whatever week that was, what did Kyler throw it 30 times? So he saw more than half the targets. That's kind of crazy to allocate to one person. Now, does that number go down a bit when D-Hop comes back? Definitely. But if it goes down to 10, great. There's no reason to believe he can't stay around wide receiver eight with 10 targets. Right, and his yards per catch will go up because he's now he's going to play the deep threat, and now he's playing all around role. Like he's like seventeen targets, fourteen receptions that week. That's not a you know a six uh, five for six for Hollywood with the Ravens. True. Yeah. Do you think uh, does Arizona upset uh, Philly for their first uh, first loss of the season this week, or is it just Philly's a lock? They're too much of a wagon. Yeah, I think not this week. Um, that defense is just too good. That front seven is freakish. I mean, across the even just the 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 down linemen are unreal. So I think that stifles the run game, which then has you trying to pass the ball to Darius Slay's side of the field, covering Marquise Brown. I don't think that goes well for you because Marquise is a burner, but Darius Slay doesn't seem to struggle because he kept up with Justin Jefferson. And no matter how good you think Hollywood is, he ain't Justin Jefferson. So uh I don't know. Um, I don't. I don't think he's pulling out. Does a sit of the week? Who? Just who? Marquise. Ah, uh, yeah, maybe. I don't. I usually try not to sit my own players just for good juju, but <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you, you you have a lot of misses. It's weird. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's true. I should just sit my whole roster. I'd be crushing it. <laughs> you win somewhere, uh, be it. But yeah, I, I'm going to be interested to see what happens once uh, DeAndre comes back uh, on this team, but. Yeah, hey, wide receiver eight. It was there. Talent's there for him, right? Um, I don't have too much to say about Hollywood. I'm not a huge <laughs> fan, uh, if you couldn't tell. Uh, Chris Olave, though, how you doing? 
Uh, best rookie wide receiver uh, right now. Um, and I think last week we we kind of I hinted or said uh, he's leading the NFL in air yards. Uh, so that was very promising. Now, again, a majority of his weeks were with uh, Jameis Winston, though, and not not yeah. the Red Rocket. So. But even this week, he put up seven targets, four catches, I yeah. think. Uh, and got 50, a touchdown. 57 yards and touchdown. And he yeah. made a couple of nice ones, if you watch the game, like a couple of nice routes. So he's more than just that burner, too. He's got a good skill set. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this one hurts for me, too, being a Mike Thomas owner, obviously, in the TSF League. Uh, but he did look very good. I, so is he the top? He's truly the top uh, rookie wide receiver. Even Like, Jahan Dotson had three touchdowns. In yeah, in fantasy that, points because right? Dotson's kind of fa- – uh, not yeah. faltered. But yeah, he's, Drake he's had a bad last there. week. Very bad last week. So Drake fell a bit. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. They're all yeah. close, though. Do you feel like he's made an impact? I mean, last week aside, just because – Everyone was out. Landry, MT. I mean, Latavius Murray popped off, if that's what you want to call it. Like, do you think that was an outlier? Do you think his role significantly grows? Uh, so at the end of the season, he's the true wide receiver one in New Orleans. I think it grows. I really do. I think he's that yeah. talented. Yeah. And does it matter? Does it matter that it's Jameis or the Red Rocket or Taysom Hill or I mean, it's going to suck with Hill or Dalton. But he'll be he'll benefit more, I think, than yeah, I mean, anyone else. If it ends up being Dalton and Michael Thomas comes back, I think you see a, a struggle for both of them to kind of separate from each other because the offense is so limited and so capped by Dalton's own abilities. If it's Jameis, I like them both on the field. We saw what he did with Godwin and Evans years back. Like he can support two guys, and they're gonna oh, throw the ball a lot. You so, play in both, sure. Yeah, but. Um, whoever separates at the end. I, I mean, I don't know. It could come down to who gets more touchdowns, who has more red zone looks, which I think would probably still be Thomas. But Olave is going to stack up like yards in the middle of the field. He's so damn fast and crisp with his route running. If he's getting 13 targets a game, wonderful. Well, yes, like his route running is pristine. Like it's yeah. so good. And he got 13 targets against Tampa Bay. Great. Like, that's a good defense for the most he part. Was, uh, was he? He was an Ohio State guy, right? It'd be interesting if uh, New Orleans takes CJ Stroud next year and tries to reunite reunite that connection or something like the that. The NFL is just going to become college teammates, like college team. Yeah. Like CH just has to replace Jamaica with the Bengals, and boom, that there's LSU. <laughs> yeah, again. that's your LSU. <laughs> that's all okay, it is. That, if that's the case, I am begging you, begging you that all the Ohio State you know, top wide receivers go to Chicago. Like, give Justin Fields some help. This is miserable. Oh, you got to give him a coach, Fields. too. God. All right. This is brutal. Early so, season. go on. Yeah, sorry. I was going to say, so we have some busts to go over. Do we want to, because I know we're, we're, we're getting close to time here, but do we want to say, like, believe or not believe, like, kind of where they are as busts so we can kind of elaborate on that? Because a couple of these – yeah. Yeah, I can fine. just quick hit and be like, I don't believe they're going to continue to be here. They're a bust now, but not for the rest of the season kind of thing. Yeah, I like that. Yep. Yeah. Yep, it's fair. Yeah, so we can, can start it. with we can start with Zeke and Pollard. Um, I don't believe this. I, I fully expect Zeke to get back in that RB2 range and Pollard to you know remain in the RB3 range. Um, but th- right now, Zeke's RB33, Pollard's RB3, RB34. A lot of people drafted him early. Didn't expect this. He's a bust. Uh, in that sense, but I think that both of them bounce back. Yep, I agree. I think once you see Dak come back, you're going to see those numbers go 
go up or down, I suppose. Yeah, for an owner of Zeke, especially in the league with me and Kyle, I uh, believe that he will bounce back. But yeah. I hope so because we've been trying to like get rid of him or get a replacement for him since the season began. But I you mean, he looked his, good on that catch. His uh, value so low now. Have been, the running lanes have been tough, and Pollard just to me looks like he's got way more speed and oomph and burst out of the backfield. But the stats show that. Zeke's been on the field for anywhere from like 60 to 70% of the snaps. So I don't know. I, I think he might bust. I think Pollard's going to emerge from this backfield. It's my take. Okay. I think they both will succeed. They just need back. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, so our second one's James Connor is RB 31. I think, I think he bounces back. I mean, he, he left the game early, didn't he? Uh, or missed an entire week, whatever. Um, I, I'm not afraid of Connor. Um, you know, I, I, he'd be a perfect buy low candidate for me to be completely honest at RB 31, Mike. I, I think you wait for next week to buy low. He's playing Philly and next week might be an, another bad game, but Ian Benjamin, Daryl Williams, they're not taking over. They'll be fine right. if he gets hurt. He's James Conner is no competition to anyone there taking over his job. So the touchdowns are going to come, especially when D hop comes back. It's going to be a lot different team. You see a lot more of the red zone stuff with Connor running it in than Kyler doing it now. So, so yeah, I don't believe he'll be RB 31. He'll be RB 20 at the worst, RB 22, maybe just because yeah, he's so, he's, he's so low now. And you're seeing his carries go up. Um, he's up to 15 carries last week. So as you see that go up, he's a volume running, uh, running back. His yardage went up as well. If he punched in a touchdown last week, He's probably vaulting himself up ten spots in the like RB20 right now. Yeah, without close it's, to it's it's so slim. Yeah, yeah. I don't have much. I'm with you guys. Uh, I think Connor can rebound and and jump up the polls, especially with D Hop coming back to uh, to Scotty's point. Yeah, and yeah, he has. I just looked. James Connor has one total touchdown, both rushing and receiving on the year. Insane. That's low through four weeks for him. Yes. Uh, Cam Akers, he's got one game over ten points um, because of the touchdown. I love I, I love when I'm I love when I'm right I love when I'm right love <laughs> when I'm right um and and really it's it's not that I'm right um because I I think the Achilles injury is taking more of a toll he looks ineffective on the field he just does not look like you would expect I, I just to look. Yeah. I just want them to lean on one person and that's Daryl I don't think they but I don't think <laughs> I don't think that they can like and I think that's the Cam Akers dilemma. For a lot of people right like this is the one that maybe we have to talk about a little bit because i, I you know i don't think that they can lean on just one running back like daryl well, daryl henderson's gonna have his weeks but he he daryl henderson's gonna have more down weeks than he has high weeks and it, it's like false hope for the cam acres owner that i just I just don't see it and oh. henderson's also one of the most injury prone so yet Acres, most probably the most injury prone player in the NFL coming off the Achilles, maybe JK Dobbins, but Henderson's also been injury prone since the day he stepped foot in the NFL. Huh. Is that a well step heel uh, in the, oh, in the no, I, yeah? It wasn't a good step. He wrote, he wrote, he, I like it, Scotty. I, I wonder with this backfield, like this backfield very much confuses me. I mean, Acres obviously got injured early last year, Henderson came on and did fairly well, and then they drafted Kyron Williams. Um, and he wasn't, yeah, I don't think he went high necessarily. I feel like what, was he like fifth, sixth round? He was later. Yeah. It's on the IR now. 
Yeah. So, but he was early IR out of the gate. I wonder if he comes back. Do they do they start to as we've kind of talked about have a split kind of tertiary backfield with three different guys uh, that kind of like mature into different roles where Kyron Williams is catching pass out of the backfield. I mean, you, Allen Robinson isn't, so somebody's got to do it. Besides <laughs> yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll get to but, him. Um, yeah. I don't know. I, I, I think Cam Akers is a bust. Um, that's, that's kind of my take on that, but I don't think Henderson is necessarily any better. I think that backfield is just very muddled right now. Um, and I don't want any part of it in fantasy football. It's hurting the team so bad because it's muddled. At yeah. least last year, Daryl Henderson used him as the guy. He got hurt. Then he had Sona Michelle. They're kicking their asses right now, not keeping Sona Michelle on that team. Yeah. Not that he's doing crazy good with the charges right now, but you he was a league winner in fantasy last year. He would be doing better with the Rams. Right. Like, 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 I, 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 I don't care if it's, th- it's three guys. The two guys they're using right now are not doing the job whatsoever. Right. And you saw with San Fran in that in that game, they're going to try to run these play actions off of their ineffective run game, and both defensive ends are just collapsing on the quarterback because they don't care if they're running the ball because they're not going to go anywhere with it. So just hammer Stafford. Hey, yeah, Tom. I mean, of note, in their next four games, they play Dallas, San Francisco, and Tampa. So we've already kind of talked about how well those defenses are performing. Mm-hmm. So, and just with this backfield, I don't want any part of that at all. So Cam Akers is a bust for me. This is a yeah. team, Tom, where we're talking about if if Philly doesn't, you know, re-sign Miles Sanders, holy shit. What oh, yeah. a fantastic fit. That's a good call. Um, him to go to the Rams. Yeah. Okay. I think that makes so much sense. Yeah, that yeah, would be, be a nice that'd be, that'd be interesting for sure. Um, yeah. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see how that plays out. Uh, Terry McLaurin as wide receiver 38. Um, I think he's a bust for where he was drafted, and I think he continues to be a bust, but I don't think he finishes this low. Um, And a lot of the reasons why I'm saying that is, one, you know, I'm a Carson Wentz fan, right? So take it with a grain of salt. Carson Wentz can get wide receivers going, and he can produce fantasy wide receivers – it's just not consistent. He's never going to have one guy. You see Curtis Samuel do it. You see Jahan Dotson do it. Terry McLaurin might do it. Logan Thomas did it. Antonio Gibson had some like, so there's that. And then on top of that, Carson Wentz also has games where he just completely shits his pants and nobody does it. So I, I do think that Terry McLaurin busts a hundred percent. I don't think he's this low, but I, I don't see him getting much higher. And, and a lot of it's just really tied to Carson Wentz and, and how Carson Wentz plays the, the, the quarterback position, right? It's, it's guts and glory. And, uh, you know, the more times often than not, his guts are hanging out than, than glory. And when it is glory, you don't know who the hell it's going to be. Yeah. And, and to, to your point, too, it's like <laughs> Terry's been a complete steal since he's come into the league. 18 yards per catch this year. That's very, very high. Week one, 29 yards per, per catch. 18, 17. Last week was set, seven. Like, you can't keep up that pace where just a, let's let's bail this guy out for fantasy, give him a deep ball, he catches it, boom, he gets nine points. That's not going to happen every week. It's just not. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm just a little on the opposite side of you guys on this, solely because his ranking is this low because of a 2.5 point week last week and he's struggled when matched up against Trayvon Diggs for his whole career 
which is a little interesting because Trayvon Diggs is not that good. And I think Terry McLaurin's better than him. But um, that being said, other, every other week he's in double digit points, low double digits, but he's there. And if he can keep doing that and he's only had one touchdown on the season, I, I think he, those numbers will ramp up a little bit just with how Washington and like you said, Tom, how, how Carson Wentz plays the game of football. Um, I, I think he ends up as a probably a high end wide receiver too. So I don't know if you'd consider that a bust for where he was drafted, but if he finishes as wide receiver 15, I think that's a reasonable outcome to expect. Yeah, yeah and, and just just real quick, his ADP was 16 and a half point PPR. So, yeah, I mean, I agree with that. It was uh, interesting that, yeah, it's the last week definitely taints that wide receiver ranking because we're only four games into the season and you've had guys in different matchups just get peppered with targets or catch a couple miscellaneous TDs, but um, interesting. We never really covered it. And I know we're getting towards the end of time, but like the, you guys in past podcasts have talked about how wide receivers have heavily dominated the fantasy landscape and the points versus running backs. When we get into colder weather and crappier weather, um, you know, I think some of those, those wide receivers that were excelling, uh, as teams turn to the run more, you're going to see the top wide receivers emerge and truly start to hold down those top 20 uh, placements. Like I can't imagine Isaiah McKenzie retains his value uh, for Buffalo or something like that, just as an aside as like a wide receiver three for them, um, especially with shitty weather up in Buffalo around like Thanksgiving and Christmas time. Like I just don't see that happening. So I do not think Terry McLaurin is a bust Tom, to your point, maybe for where he was drafted a little bit, but I got to see him come back up. And especially with the injury to Jahan Dotson, you got to imagine that they make McLaurin the focal point of, of that offense again. And maybe Robinson coming back too will alleviate uh, a lot of that if they can establish a, a true run game. Yeah, Just true. Solid. Just true. Just true. It's solid, solid. Jerry Judy, wide receiver 43. Fuck um, that guy. Yeah, rid of yeah. him. Yeah. I. I don't. I don't want to say anything because you don't know what the hell is going to happen. It's, I just, it's also like, it's it's Russell Wilson, right? Yeah, I mean, 100%. you can blame Judy, but it's Russell Wilson. He just can't support two receivers, and the one yeah. receiver he's supporting is Sutton. It's not even that that great. It's, he's been fine, but it's not like a you know he just can't do it like. If Judy didn't have that one big touchdown week one or two, whatever it was, that was a broken play. He's probably wide receiver eighty five right now. Yeah, like a broken play that he still should have been tackled on. So, like sixty seven yard touchdown. So take away uh, twelve thirteen points. Like, yeah, how far does that? We just talked about okay, eight eight more points. I just looked it up would have made Terry McLaurin a wide receiver twenty one. Yeah. So <laughs> take away 13 he's not in even, the 60s. Yeah, that's, that's craziness. So Judy, I mean, I want to say that he's going to bounce back and Russell Wilson will figure it out. I have no faith in that. So right now I'm saying I would expect him to finish as outside of the flex play. Javante is out for the year. Yep. Maybe that helps it. But no yeah, hack it. He's going to stick with it saying, oh, I'm going to use Lad as, as my Javante. So, and, and then not make playoffs. Yeah, and Judy's interesting too in that he's, I think he's in his second or third year, right? Third year third. maybe now. But yeah, so so they just, they gave Tim Patrick big money. He's on IR obviously now. Uh, they gave Cortland Sutton uh, a big contract, just signed Russ to a massive one. Even though we know the 
the salary cap is fake. Uh, again, a lot of the sports radio guys that are in the Broncos locker room were surmising and hypothesizing that maybe the Broncos are uh, contacting teams to move Jerry Judy for a solid running back. That's not Latavius Murray or Mike Boone, especially if Gordon literally fumbles his shit this week. So that'll be interesting to keep on your radar. Um, and then, you know, does his outlook change? I don't know. Judy's just never really performed at the level that, you know, that he was performing at coming out of Alabama, right? And Not uh, even close. Even the routes that are super crisp. It's interesting when he gets the ball in his hands, he, he's not elusive. He's not evasive. He doesn't break tackles. He just kind of crumbles. And the dude's a massive injury risk. So, um, yeah, for me, he's a bust. I, I really – I like Sutton. He's the only one that's kind of been supported in this offense thus far. Um, but, yeah, not not my fan. But the next guy, Scotty, uh, you and I were having some text debates over today. Yeah. So I should be interested to get uh, – He's a bench. He's a Dow's take on, on Deontay Johnson, currently wide receiver 45. Yeah, I drafted him this year for the first time that I've ever owned Deontay Johnson in any league. Me too. Scott <laughs> first year ever. Um, but you, you, you should have listened the first two years, okay? It's just like, it's not his fault, right? It's Mitch Trubisky, it's Kenny Pickett, whatever it is. He's open. He's getting peppered with targets. They're just like five yards off the line of scrimmage, and it's not much to do. So, ah, does he get better? Yeah, probably. Probably finishes at a low-end wide receiver three. He's going to get some touchdowns eventually, which will boost his uh, his scoring a little bit. But I don't know about the touchdowns. Like he doesn't look dude. like the the offense just doesn't look good. No. But yeah. I don't see it getting better. He's, he's I don't see it getting worse though. He's another guy I hate, not as a human being, but as a fantasy player, because of Dickie LaFleur. Yeah, uh, that's right. He just like talks about this guy all the time, tries to send you BS trades. I'm sure Tom and I know. Oh, Scott, I, Scott, oh he says he says me, he's, dude, you like him all. I'm like, yeah, I like him a lot. I'm a r- realistic person in life. I don't want this guy <laughs> right now. But if, but if you go Maybe back a couple years, right? Deontay Johnson was like one of the one of the top wide receivers, top ten wide receivers in the league. You're like one, two Last years back. Year. And, and, but he had like the most drops. And so that was a, a knock against him, a condemnation. And I just don't, I mean, the switch from Big Ben to any other quarterback, I mean, I, I'm not on board with Deontay, um, even if he's getting those, those targets two to five yards, because this, this offense, I just don't have a lot of confidence in it. And Kenny Pickett's rookie year or if Mitch Trubisky has to come back in. Um, it's just not, and, and they've got a lot of good guys like Pickens. Now I really love watching him play. Some of the stuff he did, his his over the shoulder catch highlight reel um, in like week three was unbelievable. Um, so you know him and him Fryermuth, I'd love to see like take a stranglehold of that offense as the pass catchers. But uh, yeah, I can't imagine though that Johnson stays like outside of top wide receiver fifty. Got to imagine he he gets a couple. TDs. I don't know when they happen and ends up like in the wide receiver 30 ish range, 30 to 35, but that's probably being hopeful, honestly. That's fair. Yeah. Tim. I mean, Tim. Yeah. I mean, I think I, a lot of people know my feeling on Deontay Johnson, right? Deontay drops him. Um, <laughs> but listen, you know what? It, the same way we talk about CEH being really good at running the ball, okay, because he's got an excellent pass, you know, run blocking wide receiver. It, 
Deontay Johnson doesn't have that dominant, strong-handed slot receiver to take the attention away from him. And, of course, I'm talking about Juju Smith-Schuster. God, right? it's so. bullshit. <laughs> it's complete hey, bullshit. Listen, um, here's, here, I've, ne- I've never been a Deontay Johnson fan. I think he's a fantastic player. Very, very crisp at route running. He's always had an ability to just get that ball in his hands and he's going to make something happen like – um, I, you know, every, every time I've said something, people just like go way to the extreme and they're like, ah, you hate this guy. It's not that I hate him. You wish I dead. don't think, I don't think that Deontay Johnson from a football perspective has done anything well enough this year to put the Pittsburgh uh, Steelers in a position to win football games. He drops the ball in critical passes. He's not, he, he's not taking the ball and, and, you know, making those plays that he used to make with Big Ben. It's just not a player I want to buy into. It's not a player that I really ever wanted to buy into. I understand people's allure to it. Like, I don't see him being a wide receiver one this year. Like, oh, I, yeah, I don't well, see him making it. At this that point, high. he can't. He, he had to go like 60 points a game to. to, but to well, to be fair, that's him, what though, he was he's being drafted he's at, as. And that's no, 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 where I'm going yeah. off of it. No, no, it's yeah. like that wide receiver three, wide receiver four range, I think, is where he's Reasonable. going to end up being. And I mean, and it, and it really does suck because he is a he is a young, talented, fun wide receiver to watch play football. He's in a shitty situation. Yeah, he's in, always in his defense, in though, his his but scoring he also is, sucks at catching the football. So there's his that. Score no, he's, is he's, just tanked he's by his four output, though. He's another one of those guys. He's nine points, ten and a half, twelve and a half, yeah. three. So yeah, in three against the Jets, though, is what, what kind of alarm. Yeah, nine, nine and a half, ten and a half, ten and a half. If I told you that's what Deontay Johnson did at the beginning of the season, right. you, you would be that like, I like that. Yeah. that puts he's, you at got him. he's got a guy. He's got a guy. He had 170 <laughs> on the season, which is a wide receiver. Three to four, probably. Yeah. So, I mean, like, going back to Deontay, not going back, we're talking about the guy right now. But, I mean, it just shows, like, Big Ben was washed last year. It was way better than anything they have right now. Tom, you talk about Juju being a good blocker. Juju wasn't there after week three. Deontay became wide receiver eight overall in fantasy because of Big Ben, because of his route running, because of his catching ability last year. Only I never two, thought in two a million years that either of these quarterbacks would be a step I thought down there would be no step down, but holy shit. And it's even Chase Claypool. Like, he's he's no slum. Like, he's a good player. It doesn't matter. He's in this offense. Kyle brought up Pat Fryer. Are we, are we sure Chase Claypool's good? Fan-fucking-tastic. <laughs> All right, you know why? Sure? You've been talking, <laughs> no, talking yeah. to carbs too much. <laughs> oh, no, no. Chase Claypool's fucking great. Dude, um, the city of Pittsburgh... It's because it's because he's immature. He's no the Steelers. The Steelers organization sent him out to go announce the pick of George Pickens, his replacement. That is a shot heard around. The Steelers don't think Claypool's that good. You don't do that to a man. You do though, because you you don't to prove it. We're taking taking too much time about about Chase Claypool, who should Uh, be even on rosters. At all yeah, right now, but, and that's fine. And but again, we, I'm and, saying, yeah. I'm saying they have the talent in the room. Yeah, it sucks that all their talent is like, do you even start them? Do you even hold them? Sucks. You yeah. you can't start them even next week until you see what Pickett does. Next, even fucking worse, DJ Moore. Yeah, this Roger is scary. 51. You can't this even explain like, this. He was in our hold folds the last two weeks. Of course, you hold, hold, hold. Some of Deontay, that's like, holy shit. There comes a time where. Is it gonna get better? 
at least with Deontay, it's like Pickett's there. Let's see what happens. The coach comes out, Matt Rule. Nope, Baker's our guy. Fuck, that sucks. Yeah, I mean, yeah. he saw 11 targets this week, so you, you get an uptick there, and you can try to convince yourself that that's going to matter. But, like, if you've watched any Carolina football, it's just it, it's just gross. So uh, I'm unfortunately forced to watch a lot of Carolina football uh, because of the family <laughs> connection. But uh, <laughs> sorry, it is not fun. And I'm like, I, you know, I drafted DJ Moore in a few leagues, and he's, I just I don't see him doing what he's done. And it's I would not have made that take any other time until right now. I mean, he's just been a consistent wide receiver one his whole career back end wide receiver one, but uh, he, I don't see him. I don't see him breaking wide receiver three territory this year. If he finishes above wide receiver 36, I'd be shocked. Yeah. You know, I, similar to Deontay Johnson, DJ Moore's upsetting people, right? Deontay Johnson, though, you have to ride. Like, he's a ride-or-die type of guy. Like, he's – at any point, he can explode. At any point, he's going to do well. There is no sunshine for DJ Moore. Like, just absolutely nothing. Like, I would sell the hell out of this. I I actually sent a trade for DJ Moore, left it out there for six hours, and our buddy Beef was like, oh, this is intriguing. And I was like, yeah, it kind of is. Like, I I would like to have (laughs) – DJ Moore on my team. And the more later and later the day goes on, I was like, you should have accepted this trade. I don't like, and I canceled it. I withdrew it because I, I made another trade. I got CD lamb, which was great. Um, but I don't think there's anything good about DJ Moore. biggest bright spot on DJ Moore. And I don't know if this is true or, or whatever. There is a potential rumor that he may end up in KC at the end of the trade deadline. If DJ Moore gets moved Ooh. from the Panthers to literally any team in the NFL, but he KC, huge. <laughs> oh my God, he's well, a KC could use a pass catcher. <laughs> he's so a it whole... makes sense. Oh, yeah. or... that that would be unreal. Yeah, 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 yeah. Next guy, he's in Carolina. Yeah, Gabe Davis. Not... <laughs> I Gabriel honestly would be Davis. happier if Sam Darnold went out there. But yes, moving on. Gabe Davis. I put this one in here because ha 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 ha. Told you so. Everybody's saying he was a sleeper. Dicky, yeah, you piece of garbage. I never got it. I never saw the hype. I never thought he'd he'd be able to do it again. Like I think Scotty was the one who mentioned it probably first to to me. He was like, people are blowing this guy up over a couple of playoff games, a couple of big, one, admittedly one big game. playoff games. Yeah, one really big one, and that's not enough. It's not a sample size that you make your valuations off of. And now he's right back here at wide receiver sixty two, where he belongs, not this ADP of wide receiver twenty seven. I hope you all lose. And and day. we did talk about this week one that <laughs> touchdown. The only touchdown he's had the entire year was that the we're all watching. We're like, oh, it's a fourth and one. It's a trick play. Yep. We're watching. Like, all right, this is going to Gabe Davis. He's on the outside. He's going to fake block, and they're not going to fucking see him. They didn't see him. The broken play, easy touchdown. He didn't do anything to do it. Fantastic player for the Bills. He'll have those big plays. But he'll have the big big plays when he's on your bench, kind of right. guy. I still right. think you, I still think you hold him. He's a fine bye week villain, which people will be pissed saying that no, he's a fucking starter every fucking week. He's on the Bills. Josh Allen, yeah, well, Josh Allen is is kind of coming back to to earth the last c- couple weeks. Shakir is getting more targets. McKenzie getting more targets. Doss Knox will get those targets in the red zone. Singletary is great. Fold, 
Yeah. Is it, wait, there, uh, is this whole fault? Who's the who's the fullback in Buffalo? Because that dude's caught like Gillespie, Reggie uh, Gilliam. Gilliam. Yeah. Gilliam, Gilliam. No, I'm, 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 is, I'm, I'm, it, is that him? Is he the one? Ah, maybe it's somebody. Yeah, he's Gilliam's like, the, the 41. Yeah, well, I mean Scott, Scott Adir, but I'm with you. Like he's, he's the <laughs> ultimate boomer bust, right? He's and and it's not like he hasn't had the opportunities. He's he's got a 97% snap share mm-hmm. average. So it's not like he's not on the field, even with Shakir and uh, Isaiah McKenzie and random guys coming in. And um, yeah, I just I don't know. You you can't drop him to your point because one injury goes off or their offense shifts a little bit, and maybe he comes back into. Um, a flex territory, but you can't roll him out as a starter right now. And I, the preseason hype was just too much. I mean, in dynasty, he's definitely got a future, but not this year. But got nothing. He's the perfect like if you if you if he's playing Sunday night at eight twenty, and you need that one guy to be like, all right, I'm done with thirty points. Boom, you toss him in, just see what happens. That's why I keep bet, and bet on him in, in uh, you know, DraftKings and, and just leverage your whole mortgage on it pretty much. But yeah, the only uh, the only G Davis I want is big baby Glenn Davis back in my life. <laughs> He's the thick bitch. All right. Next. <laughs> a Rob. Yeah. He's just like, I'm he, not anyone. He, he, he was sucks. even ranked. Yeah. It's, I just wrote, it, it's, <laughs> it's fucking crazy like i drafted deontay johnson in the league i knew the 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 risks so i drafted a rob in case deontay johnson didn't work out oh my god how fucked am i right now <laughs> if deontay johnson and a rob on my team i, so I don't I went, get it yeah in, well in, in one league i went zero wide receiver and i just went four straight running backs and i was like oh, i'm gonna take Allen robinson as my first team yeah he's gonna be top the 24 woods at least the, yeah. yeah he's he's a better robert woods I I don't I don't know. There's I don't, no there's no sense. I am not going to tell you to fold him. That is, I think, the worst part of any advice I can give is like I don't know how you drop Allen Robinson. That comes next week. It's offense. the same as last year. We were saying hold, 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 hold. I felt better about it in Chicago though, didn't you? True. Yeah. So you're on a team in that I mean you last week. Derek was saying this team looks like they're just in neutral and they shouldn't be. And that we see with the RB is like there's no running game that's affecting the passing game because all they have to do is, is stop the passing game. Right. It's, it's just it, scary. Is, is it on Stafford or is it on McVay scheming? Because like even watching last game, Cooper Cup had what, like 17 targets? Uh, everybody knows the 19. ball going to Cooper Cup and it still goes to Cooper <laughs> Cup. So in just intelligent theory Allen robinson should be in single coverage or should be getting open so has he taken a significant step back skill wise because he's just 29 and getting getting to the towards the end of his career or like you know kind of with you tom like i don't think you can fold him still because the up it's only week four and the upside is definitely there we saw what obj was able to do uh when he got a good connection with stafford but like yeah luckily i don't own any shares of a rob but i Definitely don't want any. Obviously. It's very, very scary. And Dallas McVay made comments today saying that's not out of his control. It's out of his control. Mm-hmm. That's. Do I believe him? Nah, I don't really care. Yeah, but He's is he are... doing anything about that? Like you're, you're peppering Tyler Higby, who's like a serviceable player, but. He's not right. going to break tackles and like win you games necessarily. Right. Exactly. So he's not a Kelsey. He's not even a Kyle Pitts, who you know is the last guy on our list here. But like the. 
weird. Biggest thing is like Higby's doing great this year. Omer, I own him in a league, but he's a great blocker. This is this why the running game sucks right now because they're having Higby go out running routes more and not blocking. Like it, it, it could be because of that. But I mean, they also have a brutal so far, it, line. They lost it's three not working. guys last night. They did, yeah. <laughs> it's true. Here's an aside for you guys. So I own I own shares of Tyler Higby in in our TSF league. But I keep having to roll out Darren Waller. Maybe Darren Waller should have made this early season bus list because he's done nothing. And I, I don't know what to do about that. Do you start Waller this week or do you start Tyler Higby? I'm I'm I honestly have no idea. Uh, I I still think you always you always start Waller. You you'll feel oh my god, he's been so bad. You'd that feel he's been so bad. <laughs> you'll feel better about Higby going off your bench than Waller busting. Like if you set Waller and Higby gets you an eight, which you should, and Waller goes to twenty five, you'd be so pissed off. I'll but tell you yeah, what, I didn't feel very good last one. week. With I mean, whoever I was facing didn't even get up in the morning to start out, or to take Alvin Kamara out, and I was like, "Oh, this is gonna be an easy win." And my team put up six points. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you, you, you played that guy. You lost to him, man down. <laughs> yeah, uh, dude, I lost can't lost even him. talk. I, I played. I personally played Zay Jones uh, this weekend. So. Oh, you fuck! You gotta I know still won. And then, and then the like the the cap to all this is this kind of interesting too. Is like in my situation, I I traded George Kittle for Darren Waller, thinking like oh, Waller's Waller's going to be the guy. And this was pre Trey Lance injury, and Lance just didn't look like he had a good grasp on that offense. Uh, and uh, neither of them have done anything well. At yeah, all. so it's a wash right now. <laughs> so I was Higby, like, I mean, was- up, you know. Yeah, I was looking at tight end. Oh, it, we could talk about every single tight end that, yeah, bounced, I mean, you're you know, good. and I think most of them are going to bounce back. I think this next guy, Kyle Pitts, like, there's a real reason to be concerned, right? Because when we talk about Darren Waller, when we talk about George Kittle, when we talk about, you know, um, throw any other tight end name at me, they're in better offenses. And Kyle, we've Pitts, seen it. Right. And, and it, sure, they were drafted high or whatever. Like, we've seen them do it. Kyle Pitts now, second year in the, in, in the NFL. Same head coach, I believe. Um, new quarterback, new system. Like, I don't – I have no explanation other than Cordero Hodge on why Kyle Pitts sucks this bad. Like, what – I don't – who's the head coach? Because that, that guy was like, oh, you know, so he has to be in the block. It, I don't know. I think so. Yeah, it's Arthur Smith. Um, he has to be in the block to open up space for other wide receivers. Not a blocker. Like, <laughs> he's not a blocker. He never was. He never was at Florida. He's a he's – a, they were calling him a – He's a, a wide receiver. receiver <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. so I have him in Dynasty, and it's been miserable, but luckily my team sucks anyway, so it really doesn't matter for the most part. <laughs> but, I just, yeah, I don't understand all the people, all the people that were like, oh, Marcus Mariota made Delaney Walker, you know, a top 10 tight end for a number of years. They can suck it because Marcus Mariota has been. It's a way to different offense. He's been winning them games though. I mean, I I guess I can't hate on Marcus Mariota for doing his job, but like as the Falcons, how are you not intentionally trying to get Kyle Pitts involved? It makes no sense to me. Especially with the limited number of other pass catchers. You got nobody. Drake London's been fairly good, but like old Medius Zacchaeus, I probably didn't even say his name right. Like, seriously? You don't have any other pass catchers there. Yeah. Will they do it it this week with with no Cordell Patterson is a question. I mean, or they just stick heavily to the run plan. 
healthy doses of Algiers and, and hunt. But he's got a hammy. Yeah. Yeah. It's scary. 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 I follow him on social media too because he was my dude coming out of college. And uh, it was his girlfriend's birthday. So shout out Kyle Pitts' birthday today. And everybody was blowing up that Instagram post with like, yeah, it's cool and all. Happy birthday to your girl. But like, how would you go get some fucking fantasy? But points? fuck I'm you, like, piece of shit. Yeah. That's probably how he pulled his hamstring. Yeah. He was like, uh, I <laughs> think he just said hamstring. Giving her the good stuff. It was his yeah. girlfriend's birthday. So he's like, yeah, I'm going to take her out, wine her and dine her and do all that great stuff. But <laughs> yeah, Kyle Pitts, that's rough. I mean, where do you re- realistically think he finishes? Does he crack the top 10? Is he able to come so- back? And with tight ends though, one touchdown year, makes probably. him what tight yeah. end eight. Yeah, so I think <laughs> I think what I was looking at earlier was tight end four to tight end twelve is separated by like eight points, something yeah. like that. So um, so it's a touchdown grab, small. pretty much. Yeah, it's it's very very small. Like it is every year with tight ends, man. You you get on a streak, you score two weeks in a row, and you're all of a sudden a top twelve tight end. But yeah. he oh. won't finish as a top four. Top five to ten that he was drafted as. Right, well, I can't mention the hammy, the hammy today, <laughs> and like maybe that's why he had a lower snap share against Cleveland this past week. But when I look at this, you know, first four, first two games, eighty-five percent and ninety-three percent snap share, and then the last two games, sixty-seven percent and sixty-two. Like so, that signals to me like Atlanta doesn't injury. care. They're they're not trying. It's either an injury or they're not trying to get him involved. Either way, like the dude, if he's Good enough to play should be on the field. Like, right. yeah. No well, if, so it, well, Kyle, so Kyle, real quick, like it does kind of go back to like routes run, right? Why, yeah. if, if Kyle Pitts is just going out there to ro- run routes, why is he out there when you need him to block when you're running the ball, right? So, like, snap share means something, but like it doesn't right? It, it matters more how many routes is he running? And I don't know the answer off the top, top of my head with Kyle Pitts. I, I just, I'm at the point in the season where we have these players who are underperforming. You drafted them to be certain things. You just have to ride or die with them. Like you can't sell Kyle Pitts. You can't drop Kyle Pitts. You can't not play Kyle Pitts. You just have to ride or die with him. Like, and that's the you unfortunate drop Kyle Pitts, thing. Somebody else these. picks him up. In. 100%. 100%. And then he goes off just to spite you because that's right. how fantasy works. It's the same with A Rob, the same kind yep, of person. I mean, would you trade like a Kyle Pitts for like a Melvin Gordon? Like, because oh. Gordon's spot's not necessarily solidified. If he fumbles so hard, but well, like, I might. No, no. Kyle Pitts' upside is way too high to be too fucking high. around with that. Like, that's what I mean by a ride or die. Like, fuck it. <laughs> what is Melvin Gordon going to get? Listen. You're likely going to lose anyway. Let's just put it that way, right? Yes. <laughs> Melvin Gordon ain't winning you shit. Kyle Pitts could win you something. But you send me that trade Friday night around 11 p.m. I might be in. <laughs> <laughs> noted. Noted. 9 p.m. on a Friday. <laughs> but, yeah, they play – I mean, they play Tampa this week. So, you got to imagine that, you know, with the way Brady came out, uh, Hope maybe motivated to, like, tell Giselle to suck it and the rest of the world. <laughs> Like Tampa comes out fire and Atlanta's gonna have to throw the ball. And you know, Algier and Huntley aren't gonna be the ones garnering a lot of targets. So you can only throw the ball to to, to uh Drake London so many times before they double him. Like get Kyle Pitts involved, please, for the love of God. Like what are we doing, Atlanta? Yeah, it's annoying. 
Yeah, I think a lot of people would appreciate that. I real the Tom Brady thing, dude. The first thing that just popped in my mind was the goddamn office episode when uh um oh god, why am I blanking on this Pam. name? Michael Michael brought uh Jan to the Bahamas, and I just want to take it and put Cole Beasley and Giselle's face on it and then just send it to Brady and just <laughs> hey, Giselle, is that cool? No. <laughs> Tan everywhere, Jan oh, everywhere. Man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. Oh, man. Uh, All right. Well, holy right, hell, should, that uh, was like what a two-hour pod. Hey, well, you know, we have a special guest we'll, on for the first time ever. We get a get a ball out. We'll get a. I, I know, mean, we had a shit ton to talk about. We, I mean, there was a lot of shit to talk about, which is good. Yeah. yeah. A lot yeah. of injuries. Sorry if I talk too much, but yeah, a lot of injuries. No, no, no. I love well, it. This is probably the busiest week as far as injuries and waivers go injuries and guys that you know do you buy and do you believe it all that shit these are the weeks that you grab league winners too like four through six you identify the guy who could have a a season-long impact on your team so heck yeah i'm gonna wrap it up boys as always follow us at topshelffantasy.com on the social media facebook twitter instagram top shelf fntsy tiktok is top shelf at top shelf fantasy i believe uh, we should probably figure that out. Or I should figure that out. I don't think we have a video on there. But. Well, we're gonna we're gonna start. <laughs> we'll uh, thank you, thank you, everybody. Thank you, Shelfies. Thank you, Kyle, for coming out and really supporting us. Uh. Top shelf fantasy. Stay fluid. Stay Thank you.